a Pastor's Heart special on religious freedom with our guest Michael Stead. There's been high concern among faith communities across Australia for years, culminating in submissions to two federal parliamentary inquiries into religious freedom, which were released on Friday afternoon. And potentially the whole debate over religious freedom comes to a climax this week in federal parliament. MPs and senators and many others have spent the weekend reading the parliamentary reports. I think they had something like 200 submissions or so from every conceivable faith group and from groups like Equality Australia. The reports and the accompanying draft religious freedom legislation will go to the respective party rooms on Tuesday morning tomorrow and potentially to the House of Representatives Tuesday afternoon and then maybe even the Senate on Wednesday. Bishop Michael Stead wrote the Sydney Anglican submission to the inquiries, and he's the new chair of Freedom for Faith. He's with me this morning. Uh, Michael, you have read both these reports. Uh, We've linked to them in the show notes. And there's reason this morning for our pastor's hearts to feel cautiously optimistic. Yes, that's right, Dominic. I think that we can take a a lot of encouragement from both reports. Um, Both reports are very similar in where they land. Uh, The bottom line is that both reports are recommending that the government proceed with uh, the bill pretty much in the form that it's presented. Each uh, um, committee has recommended some minor amendments, many of the amendments that we, in fact, ourselves recommended, but nothing that goes to the substance of the protections which the bill provides. Mm. So, um, yeah, a strong commendation for the bill. And in particular, it comes with uh, strong support from the Labor um, members of each of those committees. Mm, mm. Now, let's just do a bit of an overview. Um, There's like hundreds of pages of detailed argument and then a committee summary and then a Labor Party summary and then a Greens summary. And so I was just wanting to jump in and kind of put a couple of quotes up on the screen and get you to interact with these quotes. And we'll go to the, the main committee view, which I take it is the government's position as the majority representatives on the committee. Um, Let me read this quote. The committee considers it important that all people in Australia be able to exercise their right to freedom of expression. The right to freedom of religion is strongly linked to the right to freely express and manifest one's religious beliefs. Religion is a fundamental part of Australia's strong and diverse social fabric, and a person's religious belief or lack of belief is often of significance to them, to their identity, sense of self, and the manner in which they live their lives. Yeah, the very significant quote, because it's really speaking to one of the two key contentious areas in the bill. Um, it's speaking to the issues raised by Clause 12, which is about statements of belief. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Clause 12 is there is to provide support for people of faith to be able to articulate what they believe without being uh, persecuted or indeed prosecuted for uh, uh, for those statements. And so that, that strong support for freedom of expression is saying, yes, it's okay for people of faith to say what they believe and they shouldn't be uh, in fear that somehow they're going to end up before an anti-discrimination tribunal. Mm. Now, Clause 12 was actually kind of a flashpoint for mm. debate from many of the different submitters to the committee. And we've got another quote relevant to Clause 12. And again, this is the government's position. The committee notes many submitters and witnesses gave examples of statements that would be protected by Clause 12. Yet the committee considers few of these statements would be protected in reality. The committee notes that Clause 12 includes some vital safeguards to ensure that only reasoned statements will be protected. In particular, the committee considers it's important to note that any statement in order to be protected must be made in good faith 
cannot be malicious, threatening, intimidating, harassing or vilifying or promote the commission of a serious offence. What's mm. that all about? So, again, this is uh, the, the committee stating the view that some of the um, scare campaigns, that mm-hmm. I, if I can use that language, yeah. that have been uh, raised against Clause 12 are actually uh, not scare found, campaigns. That they are exactly <laughs> that. They're not founded in reality, that some of the things that people were claiming that Clause 12 uh, would allow people of faith to say, um, it wouldn't it wouldn't protect them because of the other safeguards in Clause 12. Mm. Um, our, our line has always been that if a statement is uh, non-harassing, non-vilifying, not inciting to violence, um, which are all part of the safeguards in Clause 12, then it's not going to amount to discrimination. Mm. Um, it, it, all that Clause 12 is doing is really stating what is already the law, uh, but stating it in a, in a way that helps people of faith know that they don't need to second-guess themselves every time they open their mouth and think, mm. oh, if, if I just say what the Bible says, am I going to find myself mm. uh, um, uh, before a tribunal? So that's, mm. that, again, a strong statement that Clause 12 is really only um, protecting the status quo. Mm. I mean, just I'm just thinking... What happened at Easter? Um, If I, as a Christian, assert that Jesus rose, Mm. I'm actually saying a Jew is wrong. Um, But I can do that in a moderate way and in a polite way um, rather than some sort of inflammatory way. And we're saying that's a legitimate thing to do. That's right. A a legitimate, moderate statement of belief shouldn't uh, and wouldn't end you up in court. Mm. Mm. Now, um, Clause 12, in a sense, I think, uh, will end up impacting what's going on in Tasmania and mm. the anti-discrimination. Uh, I mean, we've got a quote here. Um, the committee considers that the Tasmanian law breaches the rights of Tasmanians to freedom of expression by capturing such a broad range of speech. Um, that's right. So, I mean, that's very, very significant. Uh, mm. I mean, we think of Archbishop Porteous and things like that. Do you want to... Give us that. Yeah. So, so that, that's really where the, the heavy lifting occurs in Clause 12 is because it offers the override of Section 17.1 of the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Act. And, un, and, and the problem with that clause is that it makes it an offence to offend mm-hmm. uh, or to insult. And uh, the, the problem with insult and offend laws is that they set such a low bar if, if somebody um, – genuinely feels insulted mm. by the, the religious things that you say, that they mm. can at least commence an action mm-hmm. uh, in Tasmania. And, and in Tasmania, we've had four examples in the last four years uh, where people have done exactly that against people of faith, using these provisions to say, you said things, uh, in one case in, in the course of a written blog, in the other case in the case of street preaching, mm-hmm. um, and, and they were offensive to me, or in one case even, uh, they would be offensive to, to people who are LGBTI. That's not me personally, but I am bringing this action on behalf of, mm. uh, of those people. And so that's the problem with the Tasmanian law. It sets such a low bar uh, to, to commence a, uh, a complaint uh, that people of faith um do get caught up in, in these kind of complaints. And mm. the government's uh, response makes it very clear that they're saying this has gone way too far in Tasmania to restrict the freedom of Tasmanians to be able to make um, statements of, of belief. That's a very big thing for the federal government to put out legislation that would override the states. 
It is, although it's again, it's not without precedent. Um, uh, if you're older, as, as old as me, you remember the Tasmanian dams mm-hmm. case, which was the first time that they. they I'm they, older than you. <laughs> yeah, they did that kind of thing. Um, the the Labor Party did it uh, to override the Tasmanian legislation mm. that criminalised homosexuality back in the, mm-hmm. the 1990s, uh, and so we're and and. Again, as a nation, it's appropriate. If we say, as a nation, we're setting absolute minimum safe, minimum mm-hmm. standards, uh, where a state uh, goes uh, goes rogue, rogue. <laughs> um, it, it's appropriate for the, the the government to say we have international obligations to uphold these minimum standards. So, what's going on with the Tasmanian Liberal MP Bridget Archer, who is? Um, standing up to the Prime Minister on this point? Again, I think it's more about the principle of states' rights Mm -hmm. than it is about this particular piece of legislation. And so we're we're in an interesting time in Australia where the the pendulum between states' rights and federal responsibilities Mm -hmm. has swung very much to to the states. I think the state Mm -hmm. premiers have discovered how much power they do have uh, in this Mm. time of COVID and are now reluctant to acknowledge the um, the constructs of the constitution, mm. which actually do allow the federal government to override inconsistent state law. So that's built into our constitution, mm. section 109, and the, and the federal government can do this. And that, that, that's what this is about. It's mm. actually about a federal versus state contest yeah. rather than a uh, human rights contest. If I go to the conclusion of the government's report, um, they've said, ultimately the committee remains of the view that the passage of these bills remains central to remedying the weaknesses in our existing anti-discrimination legislation. That really is fighting words by yeah. this government committee. Yep, yeah. yep. And, and it's not just the government committee, even the Labor response indicates that everybody is saying it's, it's overdue to fix the hole in our federal anti-discrimination legislation. The yeah. fact that there is no protection for religious discrimination at a federal level um, after so many years it, it is a, a, a gap that needs to be addressed and this ought not to be put off any longer. And this actually is very, I mean, if we think about what Labor went to the last federal election with mm. and what they're saying now, it's a complete 180 degree turn. Yeah, the, it's really encouraging as I read the, the Labor response to both inquiries. Um, I, I have the sense that the religious communities have actually been heard by Labor. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've articulated back to us the, the very concerns that, mm-hmm. that uh, we collectively have put to them. Um, and it, it is yeah, a markedly different position to that which um, the shortened Labor government took to the last mm. election. Let's take a couple of quotes. Mm. Um, this is the Labor Party minority report. The Labor members of the Human Rights Committee believe it's totally appropriate and should not be at all controversial for a modern Australian parliament to legislate to protect people of faith from discrimination. Yeah. That's encouraging. That's very encouraging. Even And what's even more encouraging is that this is not, you called it a minority report. Mm -hmm. It's actually not a minority report uh, in in the sense that um, it's not dissenting from the the view of the committee. And and that in itself is is really significant. Mm. This is not the Labor Party saying we are opposed to the bill or even opposed to the government. Yes, whereas the Greens are opposed to it. Correct. Now, they are a, yeah. a legitimate minority report. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. right. This is, this is actually, a, for, for the most part, a Labor report that is supportive of the conclusions of the, yeah. ma- of and, the majority. I mean, that was clear reading it. it. It felt like there was a couple of little kind of elbow jabs at the Prime oh, yeah. Minister and the government, yeah. but essentially they were saying, 
we're on the same page. Mm. Yeah. Let me give a couple more more quotes. Um, on um, religious educational institutions, Labor members of the committee support the right of religious educational institution to preference staff in employment with a view to ensuring that the institution is able to reasonably conduct itself in a way that is consistent with its religious ethos. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a that, very significant that quote. That is very significant. And again, that's one of the, the areas where it's really pleasing that the, the the Labor members have heard the, the religious communities about how important it is for religious schools and other bodies to be able to support, mm-hmm. to have staff that support that that ethos. That that was one of the other really contentious issues in the in the lead up to the, all the inquiries. And so it's good to see that um, there's very strong support um, from, from all sides for that mm. principle. I'll give you two more. Um, Uh, Unfortunately, the Human Rights Committee heard evidence that many people of faith do not currently feel free to share their religious beliefs. The Ruddock Review heard troubling examples of social hostility directed towards people of faith. And then another one, Labor members believe that the National Parliament has a role to play in reassuring people of faith that the mere expression of what the bill describes as moderately expressed religious views do not contravene any Australian law. Yeah. So again, that's very strong support for at least the principle behind Clause 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may still be some argy-bargy in the Senate over the precise form that Clause 12 gets through. But again, from, from the Labor Party, the very strong statement uh, that moderately expressed statements of belief shouldn't end you, send you up end you up before a tribunal. Mm. Now, the Greens, yeah. they did do the minority report. Yeah. What are they saying? Uh, um Pretty much on those two contentious points, uh, they come to an opposite conclusion. So they think that there's no reason for anything like Clause 12 in the bill, um, that that it creates more problems than than it solves. Uh, and so they they one of their recommendations is to remove that entirely. Mm-hmm. And the other recommendation involves limits on uh, where religious bodies are able to preference the employment of staff. It's mm-hmm. not, they're not completely dismissing that, but they're, they're very much um, framing that so that they're, it would be much more like the situation that's presently in Victoria, mm-hmm. which is much harder for religious bodies to to freely preference um, employment at different levels. Mm. Now, this dropped, these two reports dropped Friday afternoon, half mm. past four, something like that. You and others have spent the weekend looking at them. Uh, what's been the chatter on the phones that you've had with some of your peers? Yeah. I think we're very encouraged. Um, I think that this, these two reports open the way for this to be dealt with fairly rapidly if there is, as there appears to be, a high degree of bipartisan support mm-hmm. between the government and the opposition. Um, that opens the way for passage through the lower house uh, and indeed through the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially this week, I don't, I don't want to overstate it, but mm. there, there's only kind of four sitting days where this can happen and three of them in the coming weeks. So right. it, if it is going to happen, the, probably the best way for it to happen is for it to, to all mm. happen over the course and of this week. And it sounds like they pretty much mostly agree. Yeah. yeah. So tomorrow morning, party room meetings? Yep. Uh, and and then introduced in the House on Tuesday um, and with Labor support, if that's what it has, it would mean it, it could have fairly truncated debate and then actually pass in the House and then be referred to the Senate as early as Wednesday. That, that's probably as early as it can get to, to the Senate. Can't get there Tuesday at night. No. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, that does seem extraordinary. Yeah. 
Um, it, it is an accelerated timetable, and it is because of the looming uh, federal election that mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen now because there's, there's such a limited number of sitting days and the budget that's in there and all of that means that I think um, it, it's actually in the government's interest and, and in, in the interest of the opposition to deal with this mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, Freedom for Faith, how are you guys? You're going down there to talk yep. to people over the next couple of days. Yeah. yeah, so I'm planning to be in Canberra on Wednesday um, because it may be that there, if there is going to be debate, it will occur in the um, in the Senate and it would be good to be there um, for, for those conversations if necessary. Mm, right. Um, what can we pray? Um, pray? Pray for the passage of a bill pretty much in its present form. Uh, th this will be a significant step forward for people of faith across Australia. Um, it'll be really good to, from my point of view, to, to resolve this so that we can move on to other things. Mm. Um, it's if, been a long if, journey. If, if, this yeah. has been a long conversation. For, and I'm just remembering we started The Pastor's Heart four years ago yeah. and our second episode was on this topic. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so from my point of view, I want to get Back to talking about Jesus and the Bible rather than talking about the Constitution and, and the Parliament. Uh, so, yes, my personal prayer is that, that this resolves, but, but more importantly that it actually resolves for the sake of um, allowing people of faith to be able to speak what they believe freely um, without fear, mm -hmm. and that, that would be a really good outcome out of this. Thanks so much for coming in, and, uh, and thanks for your hard work uh, on behalf of people of faith. Um, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will pray that this gets through the Parliament. Why don't I pray along those yeah. lines now? Thank you. Father God, we, um, we know that you hold the hand of the King uh, in your hand, the heart of the King in your hand, and you direct his affairs like the watercourse. Um, and so we pray that this would get a smooth passage through the Australian Parliament so that um, people of faith, from whatever faiths, would be able to express their views um, in their different faith communities to, to teach their faith and to, to reason, to debate, to discuss. Uh, and and for, for those of us who trust in you, uh, that we might be able to proclaim Christ as Saviour, as Lord, and to proclaim his teaching and commend them to the world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us on The Pastor's Heart. Thank you, Michael Stead, for coming in. And uh, look, tomorrow afternoon at uh, half past four, we have uh, Patrick Parkinson joining us. Uh, he's heading up a new Christian think tank, Publica, and we're going to be talking to him about the key problem of loneliness uh, and what can be done about that. That's tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, on The Pastor's Heart. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.